Hey, David. What's up? Have you, um, you've ordered food to your house, right? Using like a, a delivery app? Uh, in, in the past, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, you, you like how that service typically works, right? Like you, you order the food, you charge, or they charge you an arm and a leg so you don't have to go pick it up and then tip and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what if you ordered food and you checked the tracker and said like, oh, in 35 minutes, and then it was like an hour later and your food still hadn't arrived. How would you feel? I would probably feel hungrier than I did when I first ordered food. That's very true. Now, <laughs> what what if it wasn't your fault? And what if it wasn't the restaurant's fault, but the app's fault? And the app wouldn't take responsibility for said fault. Well, how is it the app's fault? So they sent a credit card verification, which I guess this brand does every once in a while, randomly to your phone. And I didn't get it. So they're like, we didn't process your order. It's like, but it said the the place accepted my order and it would be here in 35 minutes. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. but then you didn't verify your credit card. I was like, where am I supposed to see this? Like in my email, did it come across the app? What, where? Long story short, I won't use that business anymore. I'm done with it. They didn't even supplement me. Like I, I don't expect free food, but like, an hour later and I'm like messaging being like, Hey, where the fuck's my food? And they're turning <laughs> around being like, you never paid for it. I was like, what are you talking about? I definitely paid for it. I mean, I haven't really had to have that issue where I live just because the town's so small that uh, when I do, like we do have, I think, what is it? DoorDash just opened up shop in the Northern of Ontario's. That'll um, keep two people employed. <laughs> yeah. But when I look at it, it's like, Oh, it could be it's like 45 minutes for delivery plus then i have to pay like five or six dollars for a delivery fee and all that stuff i'm like it'd be faster for me to just go to the place pick it up myself and go home so i i don't typically use use that stuff anyways fair enough and just a kind reminder to everybody if you are going to order food this new year's eve order it with plenty of time pre-order your food um, Chinese food is a very big one, right? Like, I think last year we had to order our food at like four o'clock. Really? To make sure, yeah, to get like an eight o'clock Chinese delivery. You know what's not going to need to be ordered in advance? What's that? This episode of the Sea on Screen podcast. Wow, we've done it. We've made it to the end of 2023. And all I can say is like, holy, what a year. <laughs> and six weeks ago, Sean made everyone feel like we were finishing <laughs> the series or the show altogether. Just the 2023 season. <laughs> Which we're, we're surviving, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the year. We've uh, watched lots of movies. TV shows, video games, gone lots on, on lots of adventures. Uh, I think I've seen the Winnipeg airport more times than 
anyone has this year, unless you work there. <laughs> That's fair. It actually sounds like we might be on a, a Winnipeg adventure very soon, Dep- depending if on one of our friends <laughs> is willing to just overlook the fact that their birthday is a specific weekend and they'll do it a different weekend. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe you should just change your schedule around so that you can celebrate someone's birthday on their birthday. Yeah, I already committed to something that required money <laughs> to be put down. But yeah, that's, all right. that's for a different episode to talk about. Today we're talking about our top 10 movies. Well, th- top 10 things we watched and top 10 things we played this year. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to be very similar to our Christmas episode, except we're going to be a little bit quicker with a lot less debate because we're not trying to convince each other that our our, letter, our, our lists are better than the others we will we know that my list is the best that's true we will preface (laughs) this by saying um just because it may or may not have come out in 2023 it still counts because these are things we watched or participated in this year Mm -hmm. on our own now david i'm a gentleman so i'm gonna let you pick the category that we're gonna do first should we do watching because we're we're i'll watch first or we're a watch second play games first kind of podcast, or what do you want to do? I mean, we'll we'll do our uh, our our TVs and our TV and movies first, but I think uh, we need to explain a little bit where this list has come from and, and the whole process of this, right? Because, yes, absolutely. Uh, so, end of last year, Sean and I were thinking, hey, you know what? What can we do? Uh, what could be a long term project that we can do that we could be really you know, gung ho about at the start and then have it uh, just kind of trickle off in the path <laughs> later on in the year. Um, like and a that resolution. Was, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Except we did kind of follow through with this for the for the most part. I'd say the last uh, few months has been a little slow. But what we decided to do is keep track of all the movies, TV shows and video games that we have uh, either watched or played this year and just kind of rank them. Um and you know give some notes and stuff like that and we have compiled uh, a list of our top 10 uh, movies and tv shows into one list because uh, that's just stuff that we've seen and then our top 10 games that we have played this year and you know it's kind of funny we were before we started recording this we were going through our list and you think that you watch or play a lot of things until you have things written down well, yeah, because I can't just put How I Met Your Mother, The Office, and Friends down. Well, you, you could, but but I mean, like, you know, we, we think that we play a lot of games. And <laughs> looking at my list of games, anything that I've actually played, like, in a significant amount to, to justify being on this list, it's a pretty short list. I mean, like, I play a lot of stuff. You know, I dabble in it here and there, play for a little bit, but it's not enough to, like, really be considered noteworthy right but uh uh and then like for movies and stuff like that movies and tv shows i think i watched a whole lot more movies than you did this year yeah Um, we barely watched any movies this year and i'd say we were pretty close to uh pretty close to the same number of tv shows that's because we watched the same series (laughs) so would you you know what i'll do the honors i will go first in the television film category and you can go first in the game category. Sure. So, my number 10. Only made number 10 because I had to wait for somebody special to watch this movie. 
It's Jonathan Wick 4. <laughs> Jonathan Wick 4. Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, great movie. Great kind of ending to a series, although they leave it open to the idea of another movie happening. It was a, it was a fun watch. It was enjoyable. Some of those fight scenes were way too long and egregious. Yeah, I think with that series, though, is, is the first one, they had, like, the short fight scenes and stuff like that, and they were, like, really well choreographed. And then as each one, uh, as each movie came out, they just kept making the fight scenes longer and longer because that's what people watched them for, right? Like, they True. were watching them to for the story because, like, the story is pretty, pretty lacking in general. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I thought it was a great movie. It made my list, so that made me happy. Now, but have we you also watched... got to complete it. Yeah, have you watched the the what is it the uh, the Continental? The Continental. I did not. It's a three part series. I haven't watched it yet, uh, but it does look kind of interesting. But at the same time, the John Wick universe is like, I don't know. I feel like after four movies, it's just kind of getting overdone you know what i mean so it's like okay yeah. what next are they doing a tv show uh and it's a prequel so i don't know uh john wick four is not my number five nice uh, well, i put that on i put that on my number five just because it was a it's a a good movie but it's like perfectly in the middle of the road it's like you know you want to watch something that you can pay attention to or you want to watch something that you don't have to pay attention to but still enjoy like it's it's yeah, it, I think it fit right. I couldn't really put it. I feel bad putting it lower. I feel bad putting it higher. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I put it at the lowest because I think out of everything I watched, there are some that are going to be like a little bit more like, are you sure about that? But at, I'm also kind of in the, the mindset of, especially with TV, like the newer stuff is the better stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My number 10 is a... Uh, a movie that I think you you got to be in the right mindset to watch it because um, it's a pretty heavy movie. It's the Netflix uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, it is the the war movie. It is so good. Um, it follows like a, a group of like German teenagers who join the like World War One because uh, you know they're told that it's going to be complete glory and stuff like that and then it really shows uh, the horrors of war it was so well done um it is one of my top top uh war movies of all time and uh i would say it's definitely something you should watch okay all quiet on the western front number 10 uh number nine i have avatar the way of the water I uh, I just saw the first Avatar last year, so it was like fresh in your mind. It was it, yeah, it was fresh. Like I I did enjoy the movie. It was very beautiful. Some of it was incredibly confusing to me. <laughs> um, the whole alien whales thing was kind of odd too, but you know it was an overall good movie. It was enjoyable. I think it was a little bit too long. Kind of gave me the vibes of like um, the second Hobbit movie. Like, why are we even here? Like, right? not needed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I, I couldn't tell you. But uh, I can tell you that the 
Avatar video game has been uh, discounted already this year uh, before the end of the year. So you're telling me an uh, a Ubisoft game has been heavily discounted already? <laughs> like, what? Like three weeks after release? Yeah, shocker. Uh, my number nine is Shazam Two. Ah, oh, see, I never got around to it. See, okay, so I know that it didn't do very well in at the box office and and whatnot, but uh, the movie itself, I think, kind of it, it it took what was good from the first one and then expanded on it. The story was kind of like silly in some spots, but overall, it was enjoyable. Uh, the the jokes that they had were well done they all landed um i was uh pleasantly surprised with shazam too i didn't feel disappointed with that superhero movie so not like that's Black why it's Adam, my number nine who was super mm. disappointing yeah all right well my my number no, or my number eight goes into the superhero universe as well um not loved by many loved by few i rather enjoyed ant-man 3 solely because i'm a big paul rudd fan i thought what they did with the character was really really good um the wasp or like the whole airman the wasp how they're surviving after the snap um how um his daughter um cassie lang kind of like grew into that to that role as well overall i thought they did a fairly good job selling the story um the unfortunate part for them is they're never going to see that story come to fruition with the whole jonathan majors fiasco mm-hmm. which is totally a bummer but that's what happens when you're that, a douche that's that's what happens in uh marvel and disney and uh, star wars universes <laughs> welcome to the real world jackass yeah. uh my number eight is a tv series called beef uh it was on netflix it is Quite possibly the most one of the most ridiculous shows I had seen in a long time. In ever? Uh, not ever, but like in a long time. So, do you know what the the premise of this show is? I, I believe it's people who have beefs with each other. Correct. <laughs> it's pretty much like it's just people going down their own path of self destruction because they can't get over a single incident right um the story essentially it starts off with uh like this one guy he's kind of down on his luck and uh someone cuts him off in the parking lot and he chases after her and it literally turns into the most ridiculous ridiculous show ever and it's like sounds like my morning at costco it's one of these things that it's a show that's it's enjoyable and frustrating to watch this because people do things in here that, and and right as you think that they're going to make the right decision, right. Or it's like, okay, you guys have the ability to stop what you're doing right now. You're going down that path. Then something happens. And then they're, <laughs> they do the complete opposite of what they probably should. Um, you know, it was a fun show to watch. It was, uh, there's some really good episodes later on. Um, like the, all of them are, are good, but uh, near the end, there's uh, a really, really hilarious episode, but uh, everything kind of comes together. And it was a satisfying conclusion to the series. That's something that we've, we've talked about in the past uh, about like TV series, that especially that are really short, is that the endings can feel so rushed sometimes. 
I'd agree. Right. Uh, but I feel like this one, they finished everything. It was 10 episodes. Um, and by the end, everything was kind of like sorted out and you felt like, okay, this series is, is, uh, is done. It's was good. So that's my number eight. That's your number eight. Okay. So my number seven is the Halloween movie. Totally killer that dropped on Netflix. Oh yeah. Rather enjoyable kind of groundhog day meets, um, slasher film. Um, it was, it starred, um, uh, Kiernan Shipka and Olivia Holt and Elizabeth Banks. Overall, I thought it was a fun watch. The, Mm -hmm. there was two really good twists in the movie, which I thought were fantastic. And they didn't do the traditional time travel tropey thing. So everything they were doing in the past was affecting the future. And it was really interesting. Overall, I thought it was a pretty fun movie, but also something that you could just like, it's not overly scary, but slashery, which was great. Yeah, there was like uh, a few moments in that where it was there was some intenseness to like, oh, this feels like a horror movie, but it never really got that far. Uh, and it was it was enjoyable. So no, that's awesome. All right, my number seven is uh, the creator. I know you haven't seen this one. I saw it in theaters not too long ago. Uh, it is, uh, who was, I always forget the guy, uh, Gareth Edwards directed it. He directed Rogue One, I think. The creator. Yeah, yeah, the creator. So the creator, it's uh, as a future war between human race and AI rages on, ex-special forces agent is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI. Uh, the creator has developed a mysterious weapon that has the power to end the war of and all of mankind. Uh, the thing about this movie is the budget was actually pretty low. It was like a $80 million budget. Uh, but the special effects that, uh, this movie had rivals some of the, you know, $200 $200 million budget movies. Um, the story was actually quite interesting. It was, it's definitely a sci-fi movie. You it, like, it reminded me a lot of like Chappie and, uh, Elise and Elysium and district nine, kind of like, it's a little bit more rugged, um, style like that. But, uh, it was steampunk robots, <laughs> not quite, but almost, but it was uh, it was actually quite enjoyable, and it was definitely a, a sci-fi movie that I would recommend if you just want to watch a, a, a not a sci-fi movie in the sense of like spaceships and you know aliens and stuff like that. It very much takes place on Earth, just in the future, right? So it's a sci-fi like that, not uh, not like the typical space battle sci-fis but you yeah, heard no, it guys he said if you want to watch a space movie from space you just need to check out this space movie no it's not a space movie from space that's called i heard what i wanted to hear and now i'm gonna move on <laughs> next up some called me crazy some people said how do you have this kind of time some people said, don't do this to yourself. And I said, no. Because your message will self-destruct. 
My number six is Mission Impossible 7. My gosh, I watched an awful lot of Ethan Hunt in a four-day span. And the culmination of that event was something truly quite remarkable. A cliffhanger that I have to wait for next year to finish. And I've got to say, I'm pretty freaking excited. Pretty. I mean, the movie was the movie was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was an exciting movie. And we don't know how it's going to end. We don't know what's going to happen to Ethan and his friends. But we will tell you this. No mission is impossible. (laughs) That's all I've got. I don't want to talk about the movie at all because I know you and I are going to do a breakdown of the movies. Yeah, we're going to do. I'm more excited about that. I think uh, I, I think the one thing that made this movie a lot of times when when movies come out in in a like a two part movie I guess yeah like uh, <laughs> they yeah. they have to drag on the movie right the first one is there's a lot that just kind of drags on and I feel like this movie had that typical beginning middle and end that you would have in any other uh, like action flick right. But they they did just enough to need a sequel uh, or or like the second part. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't uh, just it didn't end on a yes, it ended on a cliffhanger, but a pretty massive one. (laughs) Yes, it was a pretty massive cliffhanger, but they still accomplished everything that they set out to do in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't just, uh, okay. this is what we have to do. And we're going to spread this out over two movies. It was like, no, this is what we have to do in the time that we have right now. And they've, they accomplished that. And then we know that in the next movie or the second half, it's going to, uh, they're going to continue on and do the next part of their mission or whatever. But no, that was a, that was a good movie. Now, 100%. what stunt did you least believe in that movie? Like, what do you mean? Like, what part of that movie were you just like, yeah, okay? Uh, oh, when the train was... Like, on its side, the... and they're, like, jumping up the train? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what makes them awesome. It's not like the end of <laughs> Furious 10 or Fast 10, where he's literally driving down the dam as it explodes. Oh, Have you yeah, not I seen this movie? No, oh. I haven't seen it, no. <laughs> Okay, well, but I'm pretty you... sure that was in. I'm pretty sure that was in the trailer. But anyway, part so. of it, yeah. Uh, my number six just came out. Uh, the sequel to a movie that came out 23 years ago, uh, Chicken Run Two, or uh, Chicken that Run. Made your top ten. Dawn of the Nuggets. I literally asked you five minutes ago if you knew that movie. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been excited for this movie since uh, I I saw some initial um like posters for it or whatever it honestly like well did you enjoy chicken run yeah a long time ago yeah like 23 years ago there's just something about stop animation like these claymation films and the humor in these this movie uh and even in like the original chicken run that it's when you're watching it, it brings you back to that time. You know, like back in the year 2000, we were watching Chicken Run. We had no worries 
in the world, you know, and it just, it was such an enjoyable movie and the humor that they have in this movie, uh, the things that they, that they've, <laughs> they get the chickens to do like and it's just so ridiculous like it's such a fun movie but honestly like i would definitely watch this movie again because with uh it's easy with like 3d animation and and drawing animation stuff like that to add minute details things in the background and stuff like that right but the fact that everything is either made out of like physical materials it's done on set. Someone is meticulously changing every single little thing in this film. Uh, like the, the amount of work that's required to go into this really, really shows. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I think uh, it had me laughing so hard for some, some areas like, or some parts of this movie It's actually so good. So yeah, it's definitely my top 10. Got you. All right, well, the top five is going to be pretty interesting because neither of us have said a lot of the big stuff that have come out yet. So, my number five, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Barbie. That movie was such an incredibly fun watch at the theaters. It was very bright, vibrant, and pink. But it also gave off a little bit of that Kennergy. And David, you are Kenef, no matter how hard you try not to be. You are Kenef. It's a great movie. What? Is that so a you, thing? You haven't seen the movie, have you? No, I haven't. Ah, well, you know what? It's my number five. It won't be your number five because your number five is already been revealed. Yeah. But I'm I'm happy to say that this movie was very enjoyable. I I we've watched it I think twice. So it's a good movie. We'll watch it eventually when it comes out on streaming. It is on Krave. Oh, I don't subscribe to that one. Uh, that's like one of the best subscription services in Canada because it has that and you get HBO. So you get all the like Warner movies and stuff right from oh. theater to there. Oh, I didn't know that. Literally the only reason we use it. Oh, I'll, I'll have to check it out. But uh, I guess we're going to switch orders because now <laughs> we've already done my five. So well, uh, we can do it the same way. Like we can do it the way we did the Christmas one. I'll just jump right to four, unless you have All any right. commentary for John Wick. No, we've already talked about John Wick. All right. Well, number four, TV's daddy left the Mandalorian and joined The Last of Us. And uh, I have that as my number four. And David, the look on David's face is either like he forgot to put it on his list or he also had it as number four. You'd be correct. On, on which one? On both of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> no it's my number four as well oh well there we go it was, now we um, can talk about something uh for me i thought i was very scared of the adaptation because the last of us if you've played through the game is a very unique experience it's mm-hmm. like gut-wrenching at times you you really start at, like feeling for those characters and i felt the exact same thing watching the series which was nice I don't know what they're going to do for series two, especially if they want to, or season two, if they want to keep Joel involved. I have read online that they want to do the time period in between the games for season two. Yeah, that's, I think they, they're extending it a little bit. Cause I, I know that there's planning for three seasons and season two would be between the game, the first and second game. Yeah. And then season three would be primarily the second game. 
fantastic game. Girlfriend, yeah. Fantastic show. Fantastic show. Well, and the, the thing that was so good about that is that, you know, you didn't need to play the game or have played the game to enjoy the show. I think there is enough in there for people who had played the games to know the connections and see what they were doing with it. And they knew kind of what was happening. But then the way that the story was presented and the characters and the actors and all that stuff, uh, it was enjoyable for people who had never played the games. Right. I, uh, I actually had uh, talked to a few people who had, who had uh, started watching it and they didn't even know that it was based off of a game. Yeah. And uh, so that's uh, part of what made, I think what made it so good is that it was accessible for pretty much everyone. Yeah. Do you want to toss your three out there? Cause I've stolen your thunder twice now. Yeah. Well, my number three you've already talked about is uh, Ant-Man. Oh, wow. That was really high up on your list. Yeah. You know what? It was so long since we've had any, I'd say really good, um, superhero movies especially coming out of marvel uh and aside from you know the jonathan majors scandal stuff um i think the the movie was it it kind of went back to what made the marvel movies so good and enjoyable it was like that controlled chaos almost you know um they it what i thought was really cool is that they they didn't they, they they explored a different universe, but at the same time, it wasn't. It was just really, really small, <laughs> right? So, uh, it was it was quite enjoyable. Um, and like Sean said, like we'll never really see, or we won't get to see exactly what they were planning with. Uh, was it King the Destroyer or something like that? King the Conqueror, yeah. King the Conqueror, uh, because of uh, all of the real life issues that uh, were going on with the the actor, but uh, I'd say that's that's a movie that I would definitely watch again and again. Fair, yeah. Uh, my number three is Super Mario Brothers, the movie. He's so cool. He is so cool, and if you can get past the idea of Chris Pratt in the movie, it's a great watch. The only qualm I have with this entire movie. It was too short. Too short. How long Add, did you want it to be? Two hours. Add it more was, to it. I, I guess. It's not I, like that that Christmas special we talked about, Rudolph, <laughs> where everybody thought it was an hour and a half. But straight up, it was just not long enough. And I think that was a disappointing revelation. Well, it it's also a, a child's movie. You know, so they're going to make movies for uh, a kid's attention span. Yes, and not, peaches. Not, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. My number two is actually Loki season two. Interesting. I I know that you still have yet to finish it. Hopefully. I'm just being lazy. Yeah. Um, but I think, so what they did with Loki and uh the character and and that series actually was so enjoyable um i i really can't say anymore without spoiling it for you but i've gotten all the way to when they're in that like the the dockside lab 
and they um like she she betrays Renslayer. Mm-hmm. So I think I only have an episode or two left. Yeah, and the last uh the last two episodes are just so full of content that it's just like, oh my god, this is so good. But yeah, definitely Loki season two is my number two pick of the year. Cool. Uh, in a surprising move, I don't have a Marvel movie as my number one. I have it as my number two. I have Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the culmination of the trilogy, um, the culmination of some stories like we saw Zoe Saldana say goodbye. Um, Chris Pratt is staying on. We saw Bo, um, Dave Batista also kind of say goodbye to the role. We finally understood Groot for the first time. Man, it was actually such an emotional ending for some of those characters, and it was it was a fun watch. It was James Gunn's goodbye to the MCU. It was great. I, that's where I'm just going to leave it. I think it was a phenomenal ending to a, a like a trilogy, very well done. Uh, my only gripe or significant gripe with that movie is is at the very end when uh, dancing. No, no, no. When uh, what's his face, uh, Chris Pratt. Goes home. Star, Star Lord, no, doesn't go home, but is floating through space, and he gets all like frozen and and you know bulbous, and he doesn't die. I mean, like I felt like they were killing the character, and I feel like that would have been an interesting way for them to to kill the character off. But I mean, out of all the things in the superhero movies, that is one thing that just that. That just reminded me of uh, what was it? Um, the Princess Leia floating through space from uh, the Last Jedi. You know, like that kind of crap. <laughs> All right. But other than that, it was a good movie. Do you want to do your number one or my number one? Well, your let's number. do your let's do your number one because might as well. Okay. So my number one is a Netflix special or a series that seems to be a one-off. It was a non-choose-your-own-adventure, but it was a... Everybody got a different order on Netflix as long as you finish the episode with the... Or the, the series with the, the same last episode. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've talked about it all year. Kaleidoscope on Netflix was one of my favorite things to watch this year. It was something that actually like really drew me in, and it kept me wanting to watch it. And when you talked about other people with it, they were just like, oh, but... I had it in this order, in this order. And I was like, I, I still maintain to this day, I might be the most fortunate because I had the two furthest in the past episodes as episode one and two. So it was the, giving me the idea. I'm like, like how I saw the story kind of build out as the timeline went on correctly. So that was kind of cool, but I really enjoyed Kaleidoscope. I know you watched it as well. It was, it was great. You know, it, that it had Moff Gideon in it. Yeah. That movie, I I struggled on whether or not I wanted to put that on on my list because while it was an enjoyable, uh, you know, heist kind of series, um, the order that we got the the series in spoiled the ending. Um, oh, because you had like pink or something just at the very beginning, right? Like this. Well, we had the episode um, that takes place. Uh, we had the the episode that takes place like at after the heist, just before. So we knew exactly what happened with all the characters and and everyone, right? 
um, so that when we actually were watching the heist episode and you think, oh, so-and-so's died or someone's getting going to get caught or whatnot, we knew right away. So it kind of ruined that uh, experience. Now, the concept behind it, super cool. Um, I think uh, there should be more more series that are like that. But at the same time, it's just the story itself doesn't necessarily, it just shows that the, the story itself doesn't necessarily need to be played in a specific order, you know, I'd agree um, with that. but uh, no, overall I, I, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it would be like, I would never go back to it. Oh, I think it's a one and done. You don't have the ability to rewatch that one. Because you know exactly yeah. how it ends and why it ends the way that it does. And you know what the funny thing is, though, is like when that first came out and we were talking about it and we were talking about like, oh, episode two or whatever. And it's like, you're talking about a completely different episode than I saw. And that's, I think, when we realized that uh, it was in different orders, um, which is uh, which was an interesting concept. It's another thing that Netflix was trying, and I think it worked, worked for them. Um, my number one movie... Uh, was a limited run. I think you can still see it if you're lucky. Uh, it just came out, but it's going to be Godzilla minus one. I was going to guess that. Because, the, so out of everything that I've seen this year, this movie uh, just had the perfect blend of, you know, large-scale conflict that these people need to go through, but also didn't, they didn't, uh, slack or you know cut short on the building of the characters right the individuals um so you have the story that follows essentially a few different characters and you can connect and you learn about each one and you understand their stories and their struggles and their strives and stuff like that um and for the budget that this movie had uh, you know, I think it was like fifteen or twenty million dollars. It is one of the best uh, looking movies that I've seen in a in a long time. You're it one wasn't... of the best looking movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> this manner of response frees the child of guilt and assures him he is normal. <laughs> Have you been waiting for me to say something like that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It felt good, didn't it? It did. It, it felt very good. Thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, I think this this movie though, it's we've had a lot of uh, like you know Godzilla and monster movies where it's like Godzilla is like the savior of humanity and stuff like that, and this goes back to like the classic Godzillas where it's like no Godzilla is just pissed off and wants to destroy shit, right? So uh, that's my number one. Cool. I would definitely watch this again, and I probably will watch it a few more yeah. times. I'm an honorable man, so you can lead us off with the video game category. Alrighty. Video games. The bread and butter of the Scene on Screen podcast. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Um, so, this year, Sean and I have been trying to keep track of all the games that we've played. Now, for my list, uh, I've been typically putting stuff in there where I've played them for more than a few hours. Um, because we all know that uh, I'll dabble in a lot of a lot of games, um, but my number ten, uh, it's a game that did come out a a while ago, but I played it and beat it actually this year. It was Deliver Us the Moon. 
Um, it is essentially it's a story driven first person puzzle game, and you have to you're playing this character. There's something going on with a moon base, and you have to go and figure out what happened. Uh, there's like no combat involved. It's a cozy game, but there are some areas that like you know you have to worry about like oxygen levels and stuff like that, and so there are some like stressful like parts of the game. Um, but the story of this game was so enjoyable and so compelling that I just kept playing it. And that's cool. Surprisingly enough, I beat it. Now the sequel, Deliver Us Mars, uh, just came out not too long ago. Um, it was actually one of the free games on the Epic Game Store uh, a few months ago. So I'm going to be playing that uh, because I think this this series or, or I, I like these games, the puzzle games. You know, you don't always have to be killing stuff to have fun. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. My uh, my number ten is a twofer because I really didn't want to say one without the other. So I just I I put my VR as just a, an overall game. <laughs> so I'm talking about walkabout mini golf and power wash simulator. Now power wash simulator, I've obviously played on console as well. So I'm just giving it the nod here, but I will say over time walkabout mini golf has become a staple in my rotation of gaming to the point where it might be one of the most enjoyable things I can do socially. It's mm-hmm. very fun. The, um, the widow's walkabout manor was one of the coolest maps I think I've ever played. It was a lot of fun that they just released meow wolf. Like there's lots to do mm-hmm. in that game. And I rather think, inexpensive. I think that's one of the things as well, that when we're either of us is like, Hey, you want to play walkabout or Hey, you want to play something in VR? We're both like, yeah. Okay. Like typically no questions asked. Like it's like, you know what? I'm going to make some space. I'm going to play. <laughs> we're going to play this game. In fact, before we started recording this episode, we talked about <laughs> playing uh, some power wash simulator afterwards. So I don't know. Well, maybe we will. Yeah. But, we're going to uh, record this episode, take a half hour nap and then uh, <laughs> go play. <laughs> go VR. clean some, go clean some virtual dirty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number nine uh, was the Xbox exclusive hi-fi rush. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Redfall. <laughs> is that anyone's uh i don't even think it made top a top 100 100? um no hi-fi rush was you know visually it's a lot of fun they took um two genres and matched or mashed them into one they took like a music game and action rpg and put them into a one epic adventure uh, and I like how the main boss has the same last name as me. Arm weak. Cool. He was a bad guitar player because he had weak picks. Wow. What are we like in elementary school again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. That's a good game. I dabbled in it for about a half hour. I thought it was fun, but I also am not very good at rhythm games. The thing with that one is that you don't have to actually be really good at the rhythm stuff. It's uh, like you can still get through the the battles and all that stuff and still be successful in it. But if you if you attack on the beat, you just get a little extra damage and stuff like that. But you should Fair. dive into a little bit more. I will. Just like I dove into Hogwarts Legacy and everything it had to offer. 
what a cool experience for an open world game taking people into a world that like i'm not like i've seen the movies i've read some of the books but it's like like harry potter's never been like my favorite thing in the world i've always enjoyed it but like never dying to watch it you know like mm-hmm. if i had that and the avengers i'd always pick the avengers type of thing um with that being said though the game is so much fun it gives you an opportunity to live in a world that you'd never have the ability to ever um but it's also it's pretty extensive so if you've ever played the lego games the lego um harry potter games are actually very fun they're very in-depth and they're very detailed so to see it polished into like this beautiful 4k castle and you're not playing those main stories i think is very interesting and different hogwarts legacy number nine yeah i never played it probably never will but I do know someone who bought it solely on a Nintendo Switch because that's a superior console. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my number... You're at eight. Eight. My number eight. It, why did you say that was your number nine? Because that was my number nine. Oh, yeah, because we're going back. and <laughs> We should just kept with the same order. But anyway, so my number eight, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, because I know this game came out not last year or not this, this past year, but, uh, that's the year that I beat it. And my number four. And, you know, there's a few things in there that I wish that they would have changed that. I'm hoping that, uh, they've fixed in the sequel, which maybe will be on my list for 2024, but, uh, for a, I guess one of the first story-driven Star Wars games that we've got in a very long time. Uh, They did a pretty good job of expanding the lore for uh, post-Return or Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, the fall of the Empire, or sorry, fall of the Republic. And, uh, you know, the the Inquisitors and all that stuff. Yeah. Good, Good game. Um, I'll just comment on it now because it is my number four. Two of the reasons it got ranked so high on my list is you and I, without actually telling each other, started replaying the game at the exact same time. And I never had played the game. So I just, I found it on one of the streaming services and I just went to town and Mm -hmm. I played through the game and I found the story fascinating throughout most of the game. I thought, I thought it was overall a good story and you don't get that in a lot of like like very linear rpgs so yeah. i th- I thought that one was a uh, very well done and i think uh what they really did with this game though is that they explored kind of the non-mainstream star wars lore right so if you wanted to you could like there's a ton of stuff to collect and read and all that stuff on there but it really dives into more of like the 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 history of the force you know whereas uh in the movies and stuff like that it's usually just like oh the force is all around us we can control it but like it it was pretty cool they i think they did a good job with that it also stays away from the skywalker saga which is kind of a bonus for people who are getting a little fatigued from skywalker yeah no absolutely 100 percent uh okay so my number seven is a game that i know you oh, have shit, pl- shit, shit. i never said my eight Oh yeah, you never. Oh, that's right, because that was your four. My number eight, I haven't played a lot of, so in in that regard, I apologize. That's also why it's number eight, but it's Baldur's Gate three. Um, from what I've played, I've enjoyed. 
it just won game of the year. So I'd be remiss to not have it on my list, but it's also beautiful. Like playing that game is it's very visually stunning while you play. That's all I'm going to really say about Baldur's Gate right now. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Full comprehensive I mean, review to come, I guess. Like I've I've dabbled in it a little bit, but uh, I definitely want to want to pick it up. Okay, my number seven is a game that I don't think that you would have ever heard of, um, and I don't expect you to ever play it. Yakuza. <laughs> no, it's called uh, Tainted Grail. The Fall of Avalon. Uh, it is actually a, a game that is based off of a board game. It's in early access right now, but it is like a first-person RPG kind of a la Skyrim Elder Scrolls. Uh, from what I've played in this game, and even though it's just like early access, the developers are super, super... Um, active within the community they are actively updating the game adding features fixing bugs all this stuff um and if you want like a a first person rpg that kind of has that like medieval i don't know feel to things right like like old and stone age kind of stuff but more of like that dark demoness lore to it this game was actually really enjoyable. Um, I think uh, they just released like a big update, like not too long ago that actually reset like all the stats and status and gameplay and all that stuff. So that's the only downside to some of these like early access games, but uh, I bought it knowing very well that they had a big plan for like a major update that would reset like everyone's uh, progress. Yeah. But uh, but uh, no, I I've been following this one quite a bit. It plays well on my Steam Deck. It plays well on my PC, and so it's kind of like my to go place uh, right now. I think uh, you can only have chapter like they only have chapter one, which is about ten to fifteen hours. Um, and I I played maybe like three or four hours, and I just kind of like dabbled around quite a bit just because I didn't want to get too far into it, knowing very well that they're going to reset my my uh, progress. <laughs> Because I would not want to, have to play through chapter one all over again once they release chapter two. So yeah, that's a good call. My game, my next game, number seven is the game is old as dirt, but I picked it up because I finally wanted to try the game that everybody was talking about four years ago. That PUBG. is the Legend, uh, no, <laughs> Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, oh yeah, I forgot that you played that one this year. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was trying to get ready for what the hell is the new one called? tears of the kingdom yeah tears of the kingdom and i I will tell you like i enjoyed the game i thought it was a lot of fun i found some of the combat interesting it's insanely frustrating to pick up a weapon that's going to break that's just not the kind of vibe you get out of legend of zelda overall i did get to the point where i was getting tired of the game after i completed enough tasks i got the master sword and got out of dodge still a good game though number seven Breath I've never beat. I I played it, never beaten it. I'll, uh, that's, I'll, that's another one. For me. <laughs> I'll I'll stand by my frustration. I am at like the first big, I don't know, epic creature thing. Okay. And like, uh, the robot ones. Yeah, and 
I need arrows to defeat him or something like that, and I don't have any arrows. But I'm also my you save would... files oh. like in the middle of like in this thing, so I have to go all the way back. I have no weapons and all this stuff. It's it's very frustrating. So. Uh, my number six is Yakuza Kiwami. It came out forever ago, but I finally beat it. Put in like 35, 40-ish hours in it. Uh, you, Everyone knows that I love the Yakuza games. This one, no different. It was uh, it's, it's a, a remake of the PS2 game. So like fully updated and everything like that. Uh, it's just a fun beat-em-up game. The only thing that I'm going to say that uh, I did not like about this game is that they added a, a mode. It's called Majima Everywhere. And so one of the characters, uh, Goro Majima, he's like uh, Kiryu's rival. So they added this thing where like you'll be walking along and he'll just randomly show up and you have to fight him. And it's not just like a typical thug that he's fighting. Like he's got like a lot of health and stuff like that. So it really kind of drags on later in the game when you're trying to get from point A to point B. And then it's like, oh, he shows up and now I have to spend five minutes fighting him or 10 minutes fighting him. But uh, yeah, that's my number six, six. Uh, I've playing Kiwami too. So maybe uh, by this time next year, I'll beat the next, (laughs) the next game. Okay. Number six for me is Boomerang Foo. The little fighting game, or it's just a multiplayer battle game. It's so fun. You get to be like a little coffee or a banana or whatever. And you just throw boomerangs at each other and get little weapons and it's winner take all. You know what? I think that was on I think that's on Game Pass. I remember seeing it uh, the other the other day somewhere it might have been on game pass or um or on uh what's it called playstation it it it's like regular price like 13 bucks or something but it's so much fun i strongly encourage everybody to play it if you like little games where everybody's on the same map on the same screen and you just battle it out it's great yeah that sounds like a lot of fun my number five uh, is Sean's gonna be disappointed with this? Uh, but my number five is Starfield. It's my number two. Um, I want to enjoy this game more. Uh, but I feel like there's just so much kind of going on with it that it's it's a little overwhelming. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just it was one of these games like I'll play it from time to time. And just kind of like bum around, but I feel like I'm not actually progressing any further in the game because there's just so much to do. Yeah, and like you have uh, to decide what kind of faction you want to be, how you want to do it. Like I forgot, like I was playing, I think I, I got like 70, 80 hours in. I was like, oh shit, I'm supposed to get shards. But I decided to go on that space pirate story where you join the Crimson Fleet and you infiltrate them and then you turn over the boss. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so there's there's (laughs) there's a storyline where you intentionally get caught stealing, and then you infiltrate the pirates. Oh, it's like your your deal. You cut a deal. Not disappointed. I kind of saw that being in your top three, but I didn't. I didn't know maybe, but I I left mine at number two. I think the game didn't get nearly enough respect from 
oh yeah one side of the community and that's the thing is i think that's what really really affected the re the reception of the game um if there wasn't so much drama going on at the time about microsoft purchasing activision blizzard um and even the fact that microsoft owns bethesda and that this game was only coming out on xbox um I think uh, a good portion of the gaming community that were butthurt over it um, really tainted the the reception or the, the the release of the game. So, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, my number five, that was your number five, correct? Yeah. That was, yes. My number five is Modern Warfare 3 and Warzone 3. That's a combined game because Warzone 3 just launched. But Modern Warfare 3, who says you can't go home? Those games reminded me of the 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 dorito and mountain dew fueled nights where you would just be sitting there being like i to log on i'm just gonna play for six hours doesn't even matter what's my responsibility tomorrow nothing modern warfare 3 has been pretty good i have liked the addition of zombies and how they did that in the dmz format i think it's very very fun it makes it exciting it gives you like 30 minutes to just play it doesn't make it so challenging that you can't survive, but it does up the stakes because if you don't survive, you lose the weapons you took in. Just fun. And I'm a sucker for Warzone, right? So, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say is, yeah, you are a sucker for Warzone. Uh, my, <laughs> my number four uh, is the Lego Star Wars a Skywalker Saga. I toyed with putting this on my list so desperately, and then I decided against it. It's uh, it's in my top five, but not super high up there. Uh, because yeah, it's number four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's an enjoyable game to play when you're you know having a lazy Sunday or something like that. You know, uh, the story's fun. Uh, the the jokes always are great in a lot of the lego games there's a ton of stuff to collect uh the only downside with this game is that there's no online multiplayer that makes two downsides then because there's no darth jar jar costume and i thought that would be fun that's true all right (laughs) yeah i I do miss the idea like because you and i tried to play it online and we're like this is gonna be great yeah and and then i get it all set up it's like wait a second you can only do couch co-op, and then which is kind of funny because Game like we've friends. been we've been trying. I mean, like people have been begging for couch co-op games for so long, and then <laughs> finally, like the the one game that it works perfectly for, they don't even have online multiplayer. Yeah, even if it was just like invite only, you know what I mean? Like friends only. I don't know, but yeah, you already said your four, number four, didn't you? Uh, you said my number four in Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. That's Cal right. Justice for life. That's right. Uh, okay, so number three for me is the Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, I, I I would love to say the trilogy, but it isn't. It's just Metroid Prime. Uh, the the updates to that game that they did, the controls changes and all that stuff, uh, it it really brings you back to the, the heyday of Nintendo and like during, you know, the, the Xbox PS2 and GameCube era where, you know, these games came out. It just, it's so much fun. 
it's so enjoyable it's filled with nostalgia if you ever played those uh the original game um but yeah that's definitely my uh number three there my number three is marvel's guardians of the galaxy i had so much fun playing through this story i was a little disappointed at the end when the new game plus option was there if i wanted to go find all the other stuff that i missed like the the extra costumes mm-hmm um, I was a little disappointed that you didn't get Star Lords for elemental weapons, which kind of is a bummer because I thought it would be kind of cool if you had all four to play throughout the game. Mm-hmm. But the one cool concept to that game that I enjoyed was like you were only ever Star Lord, you were never anybody else, but you could control the other guardians only in battle. So mm-hmm. you had you had to like tell them to do their special and stuff, and I thought that was really fun. Story was cool. Um, I kind of wish they expanded on it a little bit, if I'm honest, but it is what it is. I thought it was a good game. Probably one of the best Marvel games not made by Sony. Yeah, that's fair. The game was fun. Yeah. I thought okay, so. so you got a number two. All right. My number two uh, is a game that came out. Uh, I don't know. When did this game come out? It came out this year. Uh, surprise! It it took me by surprise. Uh, it, for a game that was designed and done by one person, and that is Chained Echoes. It is that uh, thirty-two bit or sixteen bit RPG. Uh, very reminiscent of some like the old Final Fantasy RPGs and and whatnot. But it's got mechs in it. It's got a cool, good storyline. Uh. You know, it's just uh, super, super enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's it's not so much a cozy game, but for me, it was. It was just a game like it, there, it's been a long time since I I had like a turn based RPG like that that I could just get completely sucked into. You know, because I think like these days, like well, when we were younger, we were used to those like grindy games. You know, like the Pokemon games where you would have to do. 50 battles just to 50 random battles to level up your pokemon but we did that right nowadays it's like uh, i don't i don't have time for this you know like i want to progress the story i want to i don't want to have to grind so much to level my characters but this game it wasn't super grindy but at the same time like i didn't mind the battles and the turn-based system of that and i could just sit there and play it for hours on end and just feel like a kid again, you know, and yeah, playing those those older games. So yeah, you that's got my really into it for a while two. too. I did. I'm I'm almost done it. I think I'm on chapter three. Um, and uh, it's just one of those things that's. Uh, I know that when I play it, I'm going to want to just keep playing it. So, um, I I can't really do it when I have other stuff on the go. Fair, because then I can't like really connect with it. So, yeah, that's my number two. My number two was already revealed in Starfield. Oh, yeah. All right. Well. You're we up. Got, we got our number ones. World premiere. Premier. Exclusive. <laughs> uh, Sean already talked about this, but my number one game, and I know it didn't come out this year, but uh, it would be Walkabout Mini Golf. Uh, this has been the game that not only has it allowed me to just kind of relax and uh, not worry about anything, have some fun. But this has been the number one game that has allowed me to connect and hang out with Sean uh, over the last uh, 
two years, right? Since since I moved up to Northern Ontario. So this is something that, uh, like we had mentioned earlier, it's one of those things that we will talk, we'll send someone a message. Hey, you want to play some walkabout later? And it's always like, yes. <laughs> you know, unless one of us is like actually working or, you know, is not feeling well, like physically, uh, it's it's always been that game that we can log in and play for you know two three hours and you know forget about the time and just just hang out right so that's my number one it probably be uh, my number one VR game for a Ever. long while yeah right so but yeah what about you mine is kind of surprising because I told myself I wouldn't do this you know. I wanted to stick it to the man. I didn't want IGN to be right in their ways. And I'm so in love with Spider-Man 2. It's not even funny. Oh, I thought you were uh, saying Mario Kart Double Dash. No, never. Actually, I love that game. Um, <laughs> there's just something so freeing about playing Spider-Man 2. There's the wingsuits. You have the ability to kind of... I've not even done the first third of the game, but I've com- like I've completed so many crimes, and the like you've committed the, so many crimes. I say completed. Yeah, isn't as that the, the same game progresses, thing? like some of the crimes get harder to deal with as well. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's just been such a fun experience to play, and I've got to say, they fixed a lot of like the web swinging mechanics, bar none. I've been playing it for a few weeks now and it's recency bias for sure. It was that or Starfield. And I have 70 hours in a Starfield, so yeah. Spider-Man 2. It's great. You should play it. Uh, Yeah, I might eventually. Like, <laughs> I gotta play through the... Do I need to play through the first one or do I need to play through Miles? Well, to, you can just under- watch the recap at the beginning of the second game that goes over both spider-man one i think it's important to play because actually like both of the villains that are revealed early in the game one is spider-man's villain and one is miles's villain okay hey and i already beat miles morales for you so it's fine well see that's the thing is you got all the the achievements so how am i supposed to know if i'm doing well in the game achievements mean nothing (laughs) i didn't platinum it for you though no, no, that's all right. That's that's about normal on my uh, PlayStation account. So, yeah. So that's it, guys. That's what that's what we w- wanted to tell you. Were our 2023 picks? Some of them weren't made in 2023 or came out in 2023, but we're happy with our selections. Now, with that being said, um, David and I just want to thank everybody who's been involved with us over the last year. Um, our relationship with Red Circle has been fantastic. Um, The support at Riverside has been absolutely great as well. Um, We would like to thank our friends and sponsors through TWB and Diameter Apparel. Without you guys, we we would just be a podcast with no sponsors, (laughs) you know. And then that's true. We do we do have a few other things as well, but we're very very thankful for for you guys specifically. TWB, thank you for allowing us to, or allowing me specifically to run trivia for you all the time. It's it's been a, an honor and a blast. Uh, Diameter, thank you for making us look good and giving us some sweet swag to not only give away but give us some some sweet podcast shirts that we can wear proudly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, this the last year has been uh, a significant year uh, in for growth for us. Um, not only with you know our sponsors that we and, and the the partners that we're we're working with, but also you know like our listeners and uh, the support that we have from the community. Uh, we always love when uh, posting stuff on our Instagram and whatnot and getting comments and getting engagement and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're planning a lot of stuff for 2024. Uh, we have some, some big plans for 2024. We might, uh, we might include you listeners in, in on that. <laughs> yeah. Every, like every week, every week. Yeah. No, we got some big plans. Uh, I know that we had mentioned some stuff in the past, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get, uh, our, our buddy Alex on for some, uh, tabletop, D kind of stuff uh we're gonna be diving into the wide world of streaming uh and uh yeah so if there's suggestions that you guys want us to touch on if there's ideas things that you want us to talk about what not whatever you know send them send them our way send us a message on instagram facebook twitter email call us up snail mail smoke and- smoke messages with that being said, <laughs> the next time you'll hear our voices is January 5th, which means Eggy Milk season will be over. Uh, actually, actually. <laughs> you sure, you about, sure that? about that? <laughs> you sure? Uh, there, historically, you can still find eggnog in stores, you know, up until like mid-January. I'm skipping an episode then. <laughs> so tired of this. I had to drink it a few weeks ago, guys. Ugh. It was on our Instagram. If you want to see it, check it out. It was from the TWB holiday trivia, a very merry and totally awesome holiday trivia for myself. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you not only on the next episode of the Seat on Screen podcast, but we'll catch you in 2024.